Hey, hey, hey. This is T, Tiffany Lee Brown of Burning Tarot, the podcast, the art project, the tarot deck, the miscellaneous whatever thingamajig. We are walking in the woods of Central Oregon, as we often like to do on the podcast. And there is a frigid Arctic wind coming in here and there. So if you'll pardon me a moment, I'm going to put the wind sock onto the microphone and it's going to make a funny noise. So hold on. And this also means you won't hear as much of the like nice, you know, wind in the pine trees sound. But it, it can get caught in the microphone and make scrunchy noises that are kind of gross. So here we go. All right. Squinchy, squinchy. I hope that's all better. Right, Central Oregon tea, burning tarot. What the heck are we doing? Well, welcome to our nature walk and tarot extravaganza. I know a lot of you who tune in are friends and clients. Thank you for coming back. I want to thank everybody from The Well. That's a wonderful online community I've been part of for like 30 years. You can find it at well.com. Thank you to all the Welloids who support what I do in my writing career uh, and here on the Burning Tarot and with the astrology readings too. I'd also like to say hello, hello to the new folks from Astrology Hub, Mighty Networks. Um, it's been really wonderful learning more astrology in the master classes with you guys and really I feel like I'm learning so much outside of the master classes uh, with the conversations about individual charts, um, about our astrology clients, and I'm, I'm glad that some of you are digging on the Burning Tarot experience. So thank you for coming over here and checking me out. I dig it, and thank you. And everybody else from everywhere else, hello, hello. So what we do here is we go on a little nature walk. That's why I huff and puff and you hear like, here's my, here's my jacket making scrunchy noises. <laughs> or you get the wind in the microphone. We usually, depending on the time of year, we will hear from birds. We will visit streams and rivers. Right now we are walking through, I love this time of year actually. We're walking through um, the f pine forest. And there's a grayness to it. There's a grayness to the air. There's a grayness to some of the bark on the ponderosa pine trees. There's a grayness to the dead manzanita. I call them ghost manzanitas. We have shrub-sized small manzanitas here. Some of them are being evergreen with their red stems and their green leaves throughout the year. But others of them and our bitter brush that grows here have gray stems and stalks and bark this time of year. But there's something silvery and cool about it too, especially the old wood, the devastated old logs and stumps and snags that characterize this area. I find them incredibly inspiring. And if you scroll through the, um, the main podcast, it's like a blog page on my website, tiffanyleebrown.com slash... I don't know, burning terror, whatever. There's a link that says burning terror podcast. If you scroll along and go back in time, you'll see pictures of our tarot cards out in this forest. 
And some of this, some of these objects out here that we're supposed to consider dead are gorgeous. And the silvery quality that they attain after their sort of normal lifespan or during their months of hibernation out here in the winter is beautiful. And the winter sun can really bring out that quality. Right now I'm stepping back into some snow. Most of the snow is melted, but there's, there's still quite a bit around and the edges of this snow. There's kind of ice that's paling and shining, turning into water. And that too is silvery gray. So that's what's really drawing my eye today. And when I stop at this bitter, bitter brush, Bitter brush bush. Say that one three times fast, huh? Bitter brush bush. Um, I can see the greenery starting to pop out. The little tiny, tiny leaf buds are beginning to happen. And as the snow makes way for the ground and the grasses, there are some little, little green things under that snow. Um, so it's really exciting time of year. This time of year, um, I mentioned on the last podcast, approximately around January 31 through February 3rd, in there sometime, is Imbolc, or Breed's Day, St. Bridget's Day. And this is um, one of the cross-quarter days of the year. So if the year is a wheel, and you divide it into quarters... Those quarters are marked by solstice, equinox, solstice, equinox. And if you throw another cross in there, those are the cross-quarter days. And so that means that we're about at the time of year that's halfway between solstice and equinox. And I feel like seeing this greenery popping up amid the grays and silvers, this is telling us, you know, even if there's a bitter cold wind at our backs right now, or maybe we're facing into that wind, we know spring is coming. Even if it's freezing ass cold out, <laughs> even if we're stomping on snow and ice and mud and everything looks gray, you get up close, you look under your feet and it's like, holy crap, that's greenery. That is greenery. And even in a place like this, where we really don't have much in the way of overabundant, lush greenery and flowers, the kinds of things that a lot of our listeners are used to, right? A lot of you are in the Willamette Valley, you know, Portland, Eugene area, or you're in the San Francisco Bay area. Maybe you're near the coast, California, you're, you're in Marin. I don't know where everybody is. <laughs> I do look at some of my analytics. So I know a lot of you are in the UK and Ireland as well. And some are throughout Europe, India, etc. So depending where you are, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, this is like the approach of spring. And in the sort of Irish Celtic calendar, Imbolc actually marks the onset of spring. In the Julian calendar and the, and the Roman calendar that we've mostly um, inherited, spring starts around March 21st when the sun enters the zodiac sign of Aries. And so that's kind of the beginning of the, 
of the astrological year. And it's when we say, hey, it's springtime. It's, it's the vernal equinox, yay. But in other traditions, that moment where you say, hey, it's spring. I can smell it. I can see that the sun is changing its angle. I can sense that growth is happening. And I can see it right here on the forest floor. These little teeny, teeny green leaves. So in some traditions, we would say, hello, happy spring, starting around February 2nd. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, depending where you live, of course, and depending on what things happen to be like this year, we may be in for several months of gray misery or freezing coldness, you know. By celebrating the, this early sensation of spring, I'm not trying to imply that, um, uh, that it's all going to be literal roses from here on out. I find this time of year pretty challenging, especially the early spring where I live here in central Oregon on the, on the east side of the Cascades Mountains. You know, it's kind of brutal here that time of year. Over on the other side of the mountains... It's raining, but there's gorgeous flowers everywhere, and it's pretty warm. Over here, it's like, I found one tiny wildflower, and that happened in May or June. So, you know, um, the celebration of spring does not have to imply that now, therefore, the sun will always be out. Everyone will always be happy. The flowers will always be flowering, <laughs> right? But even if things are kind of shitty, whether in your personal life or in the weather around you, or in the society and the politics around you, it makes sense to appreciate this time of year. And it makes sense to look under your very own feet and find these little, little tiny indications that life is ready to move, that new shoots are ready to pop up just underneath the snow. And I'm walking in some crunchy snow right now. It makes sense to remind ourselves that however bleak or difficult the winter is, this too shall pass. The winter doesn't stick around. Um, so there's my little spring rant for you. Oh, I've just come across this gorgeous stump slash snag burned beautiful thing. I have photographed tarot cards here before for burning tarot, so I won't do that here today. But I'm going to lay my hand on it. I'm just going to breathe in the beauty of this enormous old tree. It's probably been over a hundred years. And still parts of it are here for us to look at. Looks like charcoal, looks like silver and gray. And it makes this crazy sculpture as parts of it have rotted away or burned away. Gorgeous. Our card this week. That's what you're here for, right? Like, what's going on? What can we use for guidance? Last week we had Wheel of Fortune. That's from the Major Arcana. I know that some of our listeners are new to the idea of tarot and the practice of tarot. So um, those of you who are old hands, please bear with me a moment. The tarot or tarot, any pronunciation is okay by me. You can call it tarot. Who cares? Anyway, the tarot 
is uh, divided into two sections. One section is called the Minor Arcana, and that's composed of suits, four suits, cups, swords, pentacles, and wands. And these are pretty much like a deck of playing cards. Uh, The tarot appears to have descended from... Gosh, that's a lot of wind. Hope this thing is filtering it out. Hmm. Anyway, it's uh, descended from from playing cards called tarochi. And depending which history of it you're reading, the playing cards start being used um, as teaching tools and then as mystical divination tools at different parts and different moments in history. So that minor arcana is similar to the playing card decks that we use today, like to play a hand of rummy or poker or whatever, four suits, right? Then there's this whole other section of the tarot. And it's like nothing you've seen in your playing card deck. The major arcana, (laughs) also called the trumps, but I think in recent years... Most people don't call them that anymore. I can't imagine why. Uh, So the trumps are the major arcana. This is a whole section of usually 22 cards. Usually, often-ish, numbered 0 through 21. And the way a lot of contemporary readers, tarot readers, follow the major arcana is to read it as kind of a story. You could do the hero or heroine's journey. You can read it as an archetypal this and that. You can map it to religious stories, definitely. Um, And it's a lot of fun. When we draw something from the major arcana, so the major arcana and minor arcana, in a typical reading, you've mixed all of those cards together. You've shuffled them in some fashion. Um, For those of you who are new to reading and giving it a try yourselves, uh, I recommend against shuffling it the way you would shuffle cards, you know, where you kind of bend them and go, uh, because it's really hard on the cards. And your tarot cards are little pieces of art that carry a great deal of spirit with them, too. So if you start shuffling them that way, or if your clients or friends that you're giving readings to, whoever, if, if they start doing that, your cards are going to get destroyed really fast. So it's totally up to you. Some people like the cards to be more worn out. Um, I find that preferable to move them around in your hands and kind of fold and push the cards among each other. It's also a different vibe for me to move the cards in my hands feels very different from uh, playing card shuffling energetically. So you've got that minor arcana and that major arcana all mixed together through whatever shuffling procedure has worked out for you. And when you pull cards to give a reading, when you pull those majors loosely generally, maybe not entirely specifically accurately, in general, often, if you pull a major arcana, that's going to have more weight. 
That card wants more attention. It's stronger. And it might override... It'll work differently with the minor cards that are probably all around it. So, uh, it's in these readings that we do for Burning Tarot, sometimes I'll pull two or three cards, but usually we just pull one, something to meditate on, consider, take guidance from for the week. I'm getting huffy and puffy. I'm going up a little hill here. <laughs> um, so... It's a little different from a multi-card reading where you're trying to you're trying to read a whole bunch of different cards at once and weigh different factors with each other. It's important to know that for that kind of reading, your majors are you need to really pay attention to them and give them stronger weight than the minor cards usually. Also, um, if you pull a reading for someone. Like, say it's a seven-card reading, 11-card reading, which would be the Celtic Cross. You pull out your cards for this person, you look at them, and they've got, like, over half of those cards are major arcana. Maybe 80% of the cards are majors. That's weird, you guys. Like, just statistically, that's very unlikely. So you go, oh, this reading is huge and strong, and we have to pay extra special attention to this particular reading and I would say when you pull cards like that you know you just gotta it's like you sit up straight and you go whoa okay tarot cards I am listening to you it's like the universe the great woo might be sick of you not listening to it sometimes that's when we pull a lot of majors together sometimes the universe is going like what do I have to do to get your attention? Yo, you have to pay attention to this stuff. And I've had that in my own personal tarot reading practice for myself years ago, um, <laughs> where I was repeatedly pulling the tower card and the death card and all this stuff. And somehow I just couldn't accept that maybe I should take that literally. And that something giant was about to just completely turn my life upside down. And my family's life. I couldn't do it somehow. But, you know, <laughs> but yes, something big happened. No, it was not fun. Um, and I came back years later and I had, you know, I would draw out a little diagram of my tarot readings in one of my notebooks or one of my charting books. And there these things were, just like proof that the tarot had been trying to tell me about this for months. And as the accident drew nearer, the time when this was going to happen, this big crazy scary thing, um, more and more major arcana cards showed up in the readings for me and anyone in my family. So that's just kind of a literal example from my own life. When we're doing these one card mini readings, right? Group readings for all of us. We're walking in the woods, we're pulling a card, we're just having a thing to think about this week. That single card, when it comes up, Major Arcana, I think it also merits a little bit of extra attention. It says, hey, y'all, the woo is here with us. 
The woo is grooving with the Burning Tarot listeners. You know, the handful of us that take these walks together and do readings and interact about nature and tarot and the woo. It's, it's speaking to us. And last week, uh, we used this same deck, which is the Golden Tarot by Cat Black. More snow. Crunch, crunch. And the the Wheel of Fortune is a fun card in that it says, hey, fate is going to be working in a very strong way. And you don't know what way that is, even if you think you do. We could say that about any day of the week, right? Like, we think we know everything. We're so cool. And then reality happens and we realize I'm just a little human being. (laughs) I don't know squat. Um, But when the Wheel of Fortune shows up, it's really drawing attention to that. And saying, like, don't make assumptions. You know, things could get wild, but they could get really good. Pay attention. Don't imagine that you're the one spinning the wheel. The wheel of the seasons, the wheel of the world, the wheel of the law, whatever. So, that's what we had last time. I have heard from some of you that you got the Wheel of Fortune and uh, and these were people who don't follow astrology got back to me with like, well, that reading um, was powerful, but here's what happened to me this week. And, uh, and I've also heard from friends and uh, it was just wild. Basically, we had a full moon in Leo, which is a fixed fire sign ruled by the sun. And those of you coming in from my astrology world, you're probably smiling and nodding your head. You're like, yeah, that was a doozy. Well, people who don't follow astrology were were maybe, you know, this wasn't really that fun. I mean, they had even less context for strange events or over, you know, overwhelming emotion is what I've heard from several people. Um, And I had some too. Not really expecting that, actually. Um, so it was a really powerful time. And, I mean, we're, we're still practically in it. We've barely moved past that full moon in Leo. So I know for a fact that some of you had a doozy of a time and you quit your job or you spent a, a day inside crying and had no idea why. <laughs> you know, everybody had a different thing they were dealing with. This week, we have another major arcana card and I am very excited to tell you that it is the sun the sun card is card number 19 in the major arcana and that major arcana cycle runs from the fool at number zero to the world sort of ultimate manifestation at number 21 so uh, the sun comes quite late in the cycle when we pull this card, it suggests that we're ready to enjoy some fruition. Enjoy what is here. The sun is slowly making its way back into a long daytime up here in the Northern Hemisphere. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you'll notice that you're in, you know, you're in the autumn and the sun 
is making its appearance less and less with every day. So the importance of this sun is really heightened as we draw the card. In this deck, we see a beautiful gilded sun with a face up in the sky. Down below is a walled garden and a white but dappled gray, white grappled, grappled, <laughs> grappled horse, a horse, dappled gray, white horse, um, with a baby wearing a plumed headdress riding the horse. And a white scarf or veil is floating through the garden. So for those of you who follow the tarot, you'll recognize that type of image as the one that we see in the Smith Rider Waite deck. In other decks, you'll see two youths together in this card. So sort of children, but they might look more pubescent. I have one deck where to me it looks like they're lovers and they're older. Um, So those are different approaches to the image and to what the sun is really about. Um, Here's another another thing I've heard recently from some of you. Um, Some of you came to this podcast because you found my writings about uh, the decision as to whether or not to have children or whether to raise children or things that I wrote about step parenting, different things like that. And I'm not sure, you know, did Google start noticing this stuff or anyway. um, So people have been finding me online based on these writings from uh, 10 years ago, art pieces from 10 years ago, writings from 25 years ago. I appreciate that these writings moved you. And I'm sorry, I can't keep corresponding with everybody who brings this issue up and emails with me. <laughs> sorry, I do not have time to talk to you individually about all this. Um, but I know some of you are making your way to the podcast. So I want to note that the Sun card is also a positive card for literally having a baby, having children, working with children enjoying the company of children. Uh, It can be a little nostalgic. And if you are a card reader, you might be thinking of like the, um, the Six of Cups at this point. But the sun isn't the Six of Cups. I'm just reminding you that there is a correspondence between that card, which is very nostalgic, and this card, which is far more about the present moment. When we draw the sun, card number 19, we're not completely done with our current cycle of life, but we've done a lot of work. We've laid a lot of tracks for our trains to go on. We've probably suffered through some crazy stuff. We've allowed the crazy stuff to transform us, at least to some degree. We've gone through some of the other cards in the Major Arcana, like death. In fact, we're just now coming out of the moon phase. The moon card 
which precedes the sun card in the cycle of the major arcana. Under the influence of the moon, there's, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of woo. There's a lot of feminine energy. And there's a lot of not knowing what the hell you're doing. And that can be extremely uncomfortable, particularly for those of us who are from, you know, busy Western American Judeo-Christian kinds of cultures and, and magic cultures, I would add as well. So we come from these traditions that tell us that we matter and we have to be productive all the time. You know, the whole capitalist view of ourselves. We get thrown into the moon and we, we have to sit with the mysteries. We have to marinate in them. We have to trust. We have to stumble around blindly in the dark. Wow, it's a thing. And it can be really, really cool because we make incredible discoveries during those times. But it's a relief to come out of that into the next moment, you know, the next parts of the cycle. And that eventually brings us to the sun. So we can ride around on a horse in the sunshine. We're in a protected walled garden. But largely we're free. Um, It's up to us if we want to jump over that wall. But the protection is there if we want it. Our playful uh, child self might be easier to get at right now than sometimes it is. Um... So it's a good time to enjoy our physical bodies. A good time to enjoy, you know, good food, good sex, good baths, you know, a good massage, all these kinds of things. It's a wonderful time to stretch out, uh, either under real sunlight or under imagined sunlight. You know, and picture ourselves as having little green shoots that are coming up under the snow. They're just waiting for the snow to melt and they'll be ready to grow for the next season, the literal season here in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's exciting. The sun card says, hey, chill out, smile, chillax, have some freaking fun if you can manage it. I've noticed that, that that's something that, uh, that's a little tricky for those of us who are getting to be middle-aged or who are working hard at um, worldly matters. You know, some of you are entrepreneurs working 80-hour weeks. Some of you are the parents of young children (laughs) working 400-hour weeks. And uh, so as we get older and we have more of these responsibilities, it can really be a challenge to find our fun selves Some of us also, you know, I mean, I mentioned last week on the Wheel of Fortune one, you know, my past is full of some pretty heavy-duty partying and craziness, you know, (laughs) all of which was fun in its way. But it's not how I want to live now, and it's not how my body wants to live now. So, huh, if, you know... So if that kind of partying mentality around what is fun is no longer appropriate, it can be difficult to say, well, what the hell is fun anymore? (laughs) I mean, I can do 
this over here, it's sort of fun. Miniature golf with the extended family, you know. All right, that's kind of fun. So when the, the sun card comes to us, it's a good time to get in touch with fun, pleasure, relaxation, enjoyment. So relaxed enjoyment. It doesn't have to be like um, the kind of relaxation that's like, okay, I'm, you know, taking a Xanax and I'll see you guys on Thursday. It's not that kind of relaxation. It's definitely more engaged and active. It's like, I'm relaxedly enjoying my swim around this um, community pool that I normally don't want to pay 15 bucks to go swimming. Maybe this is the week where you do that. You go down to the rec center and pay the 15 bucks and enjoy the swim. That's just a small example. Um, there are ways that we can do things that are physically enjoyable uh, that we kind of, maybe we avoid them because they're inconvenient. They don't fit with our current lifestyle. Uh, many of us are having financial pinches right now and we might be afraid. I would say with this card this week and our Wheel of Fortune, I would say this is a good week. Maybe don't, don't say, hey, it would be fun to buy a $60,000 sports car. Maybe you're somebody for whom that's reasonable. But if you're just your average middle-class person out there, um, you know, don't do that as you're, <laughs> as you're hey, hey, this will be fun. Like, don't overdo it. Don't hurt yourself with the fun here. But it would be a good week to look for the small, fun things in life that maybe you don't always allow for yourself. Like, oh, I'm going to get someone else to watch the kids. And I'm going to uh, ask some of my girlfriends to go out to brunch. Yes, there's an investment there. And for some people, that, that investment would be out of reach. But if it's reasonably within something you can do, this is a really good week to do it. Um, or where we live, out here in Central Oregon, you know, rent a horse. Go out for a horseback ride. Um, do something that engages your body and your senses. So, you know, good food, good times, good people. Who are good people for you to hang out with? Do you need to get away from some of your everyday people? so that you can go have fun with somebody else? Yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you can make that happen this week. Or maybe this week would be at least a good time to start making those plans. Like, okay, I'm going to get a weekend getaway. I'm going to go two months from now somewhere else. And I'm not bringing my partner. Or I'm not bringing my kids. I'm not bringing my dog. So those are the kinds of ways that you can enjoy this sun energy and kind of bask in it, but also make plans for later if that works better. But yeah, I mean, just the, we were talking about playing cards. I mean, you know, sit down and play some cards with your family. Uh, look at responsibilities that are on your plate for this week. And if any of them feel wrong, if they feel like they're just motivated by trying to appease someone else's desires and they really don't meet your desires you know consider whether some of those could be pushed down the line to another week 
Or you may decide to eliminate some of those. You might go, you know, if I'm honest with myself, the only reason that I agreed to go to that lunch with my, whatever, sister-in-law is to appease the family. I don't, I don't like my sister-in-law's politics and I don't actually want to sit through lunch listening to them. So you could give yourself a gift this week by saying, I'm just not going to go to that lunch. Or at least weighing the possibilities and going, wow, my sister-in-law made a great deal of effort to arrange this lunch with these other people. Well, in that case, I don't want to flake on it. I'm going to go. But allow yourself that liberty of looking at the items on your calendar and deciding whether they sound gratifying or fun or playful. If there's just too much work lined up, um, you might just be stuck with that, right? (laughs) But some stuff can often be kicked down the line. And you might find that with this sun card factoring in, and this, this sun card is coming on the heels of a full moon in Leo. So I was talking about the moon card earlier. We had an actual physical moon in the sky in Leo. And Leo is ruled by the sun. So it's, it's an interesting time astrologically and with our tarot reading. And I'd say, you know, make the most of it. Have fun. If you need to work, try to make the work fun. And you might find that things actually work better than usual. Uh, if you go to the lunch with your sister-in-law with the different politics, it may turn out that you guys have a really good time compared to last time. Uh, if you see that one of your work projects is absolutely of top importance and there is no escaping the darn thing, you have to do it. I've got one of these right now. <laughs> two, two of these. I get to have fun this week. A friend is flying me out to another city to have fun for a couple days. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. But it means I have a bunch of stuff I have to do before I leave. And some of these are, you know, they're not things that I can ask people to extend the deadlines on. They're just, I just gotta do them. Oh my gosh, you guys, as I'm saying this, the actual sun in the sky just came out and it's shining this like low winter light across these grasses and everything. It's so gorgeous. And then the sky beyond is like deep blue gray with clouds. Oh man, that's delicious. So, uh, what was I saying? Right, so if you have stuff that you cannot possibly avoid doing, you know, to try to clear some room on the schedule for the fun, um, think of ways to make, to make the required stuff fun, or at least change it up a little bit. So if normally, um, say, say you're a house mom, I am, as part, that's one of my many jobs. You know, if you're like, if usually you cook dinner while you're also supervising the kids doing their homework or practicing their prayers or, you know, whatever it is that your kids are doing, um, and it's a stressful time, this would be a good time to identify that and say, you know what? I can't not cook dinner for my family every night because that's part of my job, but I could, um, ask the kids to 
do something else on Wednesday night so that I'm just in my kitchen and I can like listen to a podcast or some really loud music. The loud music will probably be better. Dance. So, so you're still cooking dinner, but you're listening to music and dancing. And your friend or your partner or grandma is taking care of the kids in the next room over. And that's just a small thing, but it's just, I'm trying to get across an example of how could you make stuff that you're going to do anyway this week a little more fun? How could you have some more room for play? And for some of you, like in that example, it might be like, well, I'm going to invite the kids to cook dinner with me. And I know it's going to be total chaos and more stressful, but it's also going to be more fun. I just need to break up my routine. And if you're in a difficult work situation, um, you can also think of ways to set up this week to make sure that you have something fun to look forward to after work or on Saturday or Sunday if you work a regular Monday to Friday type of job. And again, that might mean clearing the calendar or maybe adding something fun to the calendar. Sometimes the fun that we pursue or that sense of engagement and enjoyment, sometimes we really have to go pursue it. It doesn't just show up. Certainly we're exhausted and like we're watching Netflix and, you know, folding socks. That could be fun, but a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time it's inertia. And so sometimes we have to actually go out of our way to put a piece of fun somewhere in the very near future. If you can get one in this week, something small, that helps, right? So when you're sitting there in your boring work thing that you don't want to deal with, you know, I could give you some lecture about, well, you should make that be fun. Okay, maybe you will. But at the very least, try to set yourself up with something that you really just plain enjoy that isn't too much work to do later. And just allow yourself to like ride on that sense of hope. And that in itself, you know, that can be fun. With our sun card, we can expect to um, have some clarity of vision that maybe we've been lacking recently. This can be very nice. Uh, You get a sense of where you want to go next or what's important to you. Or suddenly you see like, oh, that one person in my life, um, I thought they were so prickly and manipulative. And I was thinking about ditching them. But now I see that they're actually just really struggling mentally. And I I don't need to judge them. So that kind of realization about something in a relationship, um, could be very valuable. You might have moments like that. You might have already had one with the actual full moon in Leo. But it might sort of, you might have a follow-up to that this week where you recognize, oh, this is the nature of my job. Here's why I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Some of you know who I'm talking to. Others of you would be like, you might get some spark of realization that's something about your past, your own childhood. Um, anything around child things, you may get a bolt of recognition and realization. And, um, and that can be metaphorical children too. So if you're an author and you're writing a new book, think of that book as your next child that you're going to birth. This is 
this is a really good time to have some clarity around the book. I wouldn't overwork on the book. Have fun playing with the book if you want. But the sun coming out and, and shining on everything, you know, is just providing this radiance. And, and that's, that's such a nice feeling if you've, been, if you've had the sensation, which I have, of not really knowing what's the right thing to do or, you know, how to feel or how to proceed about different areas of life. And I know a lot of you have had that because I've heard from you. You might get some, some more clarity this week. The sun card isn't necessarily like, now is the time to determine exactly what you want to do with everything in your life. But it's more like it's a time of ease. And so if you've been all wound up for a while or stressed out, there might be a little bit of ease and playfulness going on. And that in itself may give you enough freedom where you, uh, you relax enough to recognize different truths about your life, your relationships, people in your life. And since we're moving out of that kind of moon energy, the confusion and, and tilt-a-whirl feeling of the Wheel of Fortune, it may, um, you may find yourself changing your mind about something. Or even it might feel like suddenly recognizing that you already changed your mind. You might recognize that your actions last week, three months ago, your actions indicated what your true self wants. And you just maybe hadn't had time to relax into that new realization or let yourself catch up. Um, let yourself catch up with your new truth. Because that can be hard, particularly if your new truth is something like, I don't really like my partner anymore. Or my entire career is in a field that I no longer respect. <laughs> this kind of stuff. Like, There's very good reasons to uh, not want clarity. <laughs> on those. It's like, oh my gosh, now I have to do something about it. So you might get, but it might be a positive one too. It might be like, I really want to write a book or I really want to have a child or adopt or volunteer at Circle of Friends and be a mentor in some other child's life. So it could be something very positive. Um, But don't be too surprised if some kind of weird bit of clarity comes to you and you're like, what do I do with this? You don't have to act on it right now. Your job this week is to hang out and enjoy yourself and really uh, enjoy the manifestations of all the work that you have done in your life leading up to this very moment. I'm going to do that while I'm visiting my friend in Denver. It's going to be super fun. I hope to go to Meow Wolf. I've never been to one of those. Um, Oh, the sun's starting to go away. Well, I better stop. This has gone long, and we have to try to take a picture in the last little gleam of sunlight. My burning tarot friends, much love to you. If this reading resonates in your life, or you have any comments or whatever, please email me, burningtarot at gmail.com, and give me a sentence or two or three about you and your life. Whoa, there goes the wind.